Hi, hello, my creepy lovelies. Welcome back to another Wednesday here at the Creepy Cryptid Crypt. Uh, I am your host, Black Widow. It, I have a thrill killer episode for you today. Uh, it took me quite a long time to write this because I get got really hated every time I was researching and got a new piece of information. Uh, as we all know, I get a little heated when I tell you guys these stories, um, this is going to be one of these ones where I kind of yell a lot. I will try to tell you when to turn your headphones down, if I remember. Okay, um, so today's tale is about thrill killer Juan Rodriguez Chavez, and Chavez was born in Fort Wayne, Indiana on April 27th in 1968. He was the middle child out of 19 siblings. Now, I'm not entirely sure what number that makes him because 19 is an odd number um and that's also a lot of children so uh shortly after his birth his family moved to west dallas texas and growing up he was described as normal but he ended up dropping out of school in the ninth grade and the incident that kicked his criminal record into motion uh occurred on december 28th in 1985 and he was just 17 years old. Okay. <clears throat> so on this day, Chavez and two other individuals broke into the home of Raul and Vicente Mendoza, and they had planned to rob Raul and Vicente, but instead, sorry, not instead, but during the robbery, the teenagers opened fire on the two brothers, um, which resulted in Vicente dying, and Raul ended up being partially blind. At this time, all three were arrested and tried for murder as well as aggravated robbery. They were all convicted, and Chavez ended up with a 15-year sentence. Um, He continued his criminal career behind bars, uh, as you know, being in, not as you know personally, not like any of you guys would know, maybe some of you would. Prison can be a really dangerous place, and so therefore a lot of people aren't necessarily rehabilitated because they do stuff to join gangs for protection, or at least that's how they justify committing some crimes sometimes. Um, So Chavez joined a violent prison gang known as the Texas Syndicate, and as a member, he committed an additional 40 violations while in prison, ranging from refusal to work to physically harming other inmates. Um, Yeah, so all of that. All of that. <gasps> Excuse me. Um, somehow, he was paroled in 1994. That's not 15 years. Is it? No, that's barely 10. That's 9. Sorry, guys. Math is hard. Anyway, he was paroled early, and he moved in with his sister in Dallas, and both his sister and his parole officer really thought that he was turning his life around Um, although he was struggling to find work due to his convictions. Because those are some heavy-hitting felony convictions, and a lot of jobs won't take you if you have a felony. Um, So during this time frame, he made friends with Hector Fernandez, who was reportedly mentally ill, and Fernandez would later testify that the two of them spent the majority of their time shooting a variety of firearms and, quote, messing around. Um... This, this is just, this is, okay. Uh, All right, we're going to kick it off. Sorry, I just, I hate, 
I hate, I hate this so much. Not this, like the podcast, but like these cases. So uh, March 22nd, 1995, uh, the friends, including Chavez's girlfriend, Rachel Blanco, went cruising for new rims in her dad's Lincoln Continental. And they drove around for a bit until they came to a car wash because Chavez saw a car in the car wash with rims that he liked. And so initially when I was reading these notes and these case notes, I was like, oh, so they were going to go drive around and go shopping. Not the kind of shopping that I would do. Uh, He then proceeded to get out of the car, walked over to the car with the rims he liked, where he threatened the car's driver and owner, Jose Castillo, and yelled for the car keys. Jose had, like, no time to respond to Chavez before he shot him and just took the car keys. But he didn't even take the car. He didn't take the rims. He just took the keys and took off. And then two months later... On May 20th, Chavez and Fernandez carjacked and shot Juan Pablo Hernandez, stealing his Buick Regal. And so they took that car, and they took it to a chop shop and took it apart, but Fernandez kept the car stereo. So we have... One, two... We have two murders that could have been avoided if he wasn't paroled early. So insert yelling, turn down your headphones. I don't know who the fuck judge was in charge of this or who the fuck was in charge of this parole board, but it between that, literally though, between, okay, so you have your original fucking murder conviction and your armed robbery. Two big felonies. Okay, red flag. Second red flag is the fact that he has not shown in his time in prison any kind of rehabilitation at all. So why the fuck did you just parole him? Like, no, get the fuck out of here. So we've got three murders total, two new murders in 1995, and the pair are not done killing people. So July 1st, they steal another car, a Chevy Caprice from a Greyhound maintenance center, and they head to Northwest Dallas. Um, They stop at a nightclub and they meet up with their friends, Joe Gonzalez and Edgar Ruiz. Tease, something like that. Um, and their friends were like, hey, like, let's keep hanging out. We're having a good time. You know, let's come with you. And so Chavez and Fernandez got into the stolen Chevy that they were driving. And the other two followed them in Rietzi's pickup truck. And they just decided to, like, drive around. And after uh, a while, Chavez notices 40-year-old Jose Vasquez Morales in a telephone booth. Um, and he decides that they're going to roll up on Jose. So they roll up on him, and Chavez asks if he's still on the phone. And Jose was just getting off the phone, so he hung up the phone, and then he exited the phone booth, and Chavez got out of the car and shot him in the chest with a revolver. And then he went through Morales' pockets, stole the whole $2 in his wallet, some credit cards, and then shot him again, and then got back in the stolen car and drove off. And then the crew, I'm calling it a crew because we're two cars, four people, Uh, drive a little bit a ways, and then they pull over. And Gonzalez and Rietzies are shocked. They're freaking out. They're like, what the fuck? Why did you do that, man? Like, holy shit. And Chavez was like, no, you're going to keep your fucking mouth shut, or I'm going to kill you guys too. So they parted ways, kept their mouths shut, and they were like, we we don't want to fucking, we don't want to be around you guys anymore. Chavez and Fernandez were like, fine. So they left. And they went on to commit a string of shootings and robberies, killing more people. Um, 
So they shot and killed Susan Ferguson, a female security guard. They also robbed her. And this this particular piece of information makes me really, really, really fucking mad. Um, so not only did they shoot her and rob her, Chavez then decided it was a brilliant idea or that he really wanted to run her body over with the stolen car. And again, I come back to... This is a violent person. They have no history of showing that they have any intention of changing. And you just let them fucking out. Just let them out. And now, now they're on a spree. They're spree killing people. Fucking seriously? And this is Texas. What the fuck, Texas? Like, you guys know better than this. Like, God. So... Not even, like, after an hour passed, after they shot and killed um, Susan Ferguson, they shot Kevin Hancock, a male security guard, at the Indian Ridge apartment complex, and they took his gun. Um, Kevin, thankfully, survived the shooting, but unfortunately, he's permanently paralyzed as a result. Um, Ten minutes after that, they robbed Jesus Brasino, Francisco Himes, and Alberto Guerra at gunpoint, and then shot all three of them. Brasino was killed. Jaime and Guevara were injured, but would later recover from their physical in- physical injuries. Um, and I say physical injuries because I can't even like imagine how long it took them to recover from the mental duress of witnessing murder and also being shot themselves. <sighs> Just like... And according to one report I found, uh, before they were shot, one of them tossed a wad, a, a, wad, a wad of cash at Chavez and Hernandez in an attempt to keep them all from being shot. And they shot him fucking anyways. And an hour after that, so this is based off of the information I found and what I was reading. This is all like hours apart. One fucking day. Like, I can't even imagine the panic in dispatch or, you know, the departments trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. You've got to send officers to every fucking scene. Then the coroner's got to bounce around. It's it's fucking mayhem. Um, so after that, they drove to Kid Springs where Chavez broke into Alfonso Contreras' pickup truck. Um, And the report I found on this incident made it kind of sound like he, Alfonso, was actually in the truck, making out with his girlfriend, Maria Guadalupe. Oh, Maria Guadalupe Delgado Peña, when this all went down. Um, And so Chavez asked for his wallet. Contreras refused. And then Chavez shot Contreras, and then he got into the truck, drove to an isolated road, dumped the body... While he drove to this isolated road, then forced the girlfriend out of the car, and then he ran the girlfriend over. She survived the initial assault by a vehicle, but Chavez then ordered Fernandez to shoot her, which is what he did. And then they took the truck to Chavez's house and grabbed some gas and then went to an exit off I-35 and set the truck on fire. And two days later, Chavez got into a fight in a tire shop parking lot with Antonio Rios and Manuel Duran. 
And he threatened them both with his gun and because they wouldn't move their car. And one of them said, okay, well, go ahead and shoot us. I guess he didn't think Chavez had a gun. And so Chavez took out his gun and shot and killed them both. Um, he also shot Antonio Banda, who witnessed it because he was standing in his like in the front of his mom's house, which was super close to the tire shop. Um, he later died from his injuries. And then oh, the last murder occurred on July 23rd in a carjacking where Chavez shot and killed Juan Carlos Macias. So we have a high body count in a small amount of time. And it's just mayhem. And I just, like... <sighs> could have been fucking prevented. Could have... Could have been. <sighs> um, so the uptick in the random attacks and murders obviously also made the community super panicked. Um, and at first, the police thought each instance was unrelated to the other. And as a result, they ended up detaining at least four different men before getting to the perpetrators. So they got um, Fernandez, Chavez's friend, was their fifth suspect to be questioned. And when the police initially encountered him, he at first refused to talk, but then he ended up confessing to the detectives that he and Chavez were responsible. And in exchange for his witness immunity, and I don't like that they had to go this route, but I understand that that was probably their strongest way to get evidence that was beyond reasonable doubt and not circumstantial. Um, Fernandez explained in detail the crimes, what he did with the stolen items, and uh, I think he like opted in to testify. Uh, he claimed when he was... Uh, sorry. When he was confessing that Chavez didn't keep much of anything, if anything, and seemed to enjoy the murders the most... He also stated that Chavez would frequently harass poor Mexican immigrants and call them racial slurs. Um, which I just, that doesn't make sense to me. But okay. But that does explain, like, the victimology, I guess. Albeit random. Uh, so they've got their intel. And they get a search warrant, and so the police execute a search warrant for Chavez's house, and they arrest him during the search warrant. And at, sorry, also during the search warrant. Oh, excuse me. They found, oh, hang on, one second. Okay. They found uh, lots of guns, including the loaded 38 revolver, which was used in at least six of those shootings. Um, he was held at a high bail, and then they moved Fernandez into protective custody. Um, so before the trial started, five of the murder charges were dropped so the prosecution could focus on the one where they had the most solid evidence, the murder of Jose Morales. Uh, and due, due to his violent nature and Chavez telling everyone and anyone while he was in jail that he had plans to escape the first day of trial, they placed an electric shock belt on him, like around his middle, I think it was, and then... Um, it was accidentally tripped the first day of trial, which led to a halt in proceedings. And as a result, his lawyers tried to get a mistrial, declaring that he, you know, that belt and him wearing it and that incident would definitely not give him a fair trial now. Uh, this was dismissed and proceedings resumed. 
The prosecution was really smart in how they presented their case because they used a lot of crime scene photos of the victims to show how brutal these murders were during trial um, to kind of drive across the point that it wasn't just about stealing things or taking things. Like, it, it was far beyond that. Um, and Chavez's defense team ultimately went with the story of, well, Fernandez did it, and he put all the blame on Chavez and got immunity because that was his only out. Um, that defense ultimately did not work. And in, in tandem with that, but also like Chavez reportedly spent most of the trial trying to upset the surviving family members who were in the courtroom. Um, he would smile at them often and sneer and he just wasn't taking anything seriously. Um, if any of you had watched or paid attention to the Waksha Christmas Parade trial versus Daryl Brooks, um, I'm kind of getting that kind of vibe, but it, this was a long time ago, so I don't really know exactly um, what was unfolding. That's just what was reported. Um, <clears throat> ultimately, a jury of his peers found him guilty on all counts and gave him the death sentence after only two hours of deliberation. I'm holding up two fingers like y'all can see me. Uh, he claimed he was innocent at his sentencing, but claimed his innocence, proclaimed his innocence while smiling, which I think is just a creepy thing, but also like not the proper thing to do, but all right. Um, he exhausted all of his appeals after sentencing, and finally, in April of 2003, he was executed via lethal injection. Before his execution, Chavez made a final statement seemingly expressing remorse for his actions. He said, and this is a direct quote, he said to the media, I would like for you to tell all the victims and their loved ones that I am truly, truly sorry for taking their loved ones' lives, and I hope they will find it in their heart to forgive me for what I did to them. I am a different person now, but that does not change the fact of the bad things I have committed. God can give you the same peace he gave me, and you can be in his hands. And to my beautiful family, be strong. Remember what I said. God is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, Warden. Um, his final audible words were to ask whether the drugs were taking effect, and it was also reported that those last couple of minutes he spent um, praying. So, while he's no longer on this earth, he still took many human lives because he was paroled early. And I just, like, this is my same rant every fucking time. We have historical patterns. Oh, I forgot to turn off my laptop. Shoot. That's okay. Uh, I'll do that after this. We have historical patterns over and over and over again from the 80s, from the 90s, from the early 2000s to now where these people are not being rehabilitated. They are going back out. They are committing crimes. In some cases, they are committing more violent crimes than the original crimes that they were arrested on. We're not changing anything. And now, now, we've got these fucking bitches, sorry, governors, out there who want to put a moratorium on the death penalty who want to what's that one not commiserate that's not the word compensate it's not the other word 
They want to change the death penalty for people who have already been found guilty and sentenced to death penalty. Commute, that's the word. They want to commute their sentences to life in prison. Some of these people have already been down that road. We've already given them 15, 25 years, 25 years to life, life in prison without parole, and somehow they still get paroled. So why don't we save everybody time and keep what we already have and just just do what we've been doing the whole fucking time? Why are we putting so much time and effort into these people and re-traumatizing the family members of the victims? You, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, it's fucking stupid. And then it's like, okay, it's the criminal justice system. It's not for the victims. Duh. Like... It pisses me off to no end, and I'm sure a great deal of you lovelies are also pissed off about it to no end. I feel like all the time, if the individual doesn't die in prison or is not executed when I do these episodes, they get paroled early, and they're back out, and they're back at it. And it's just... It's not... The world is not... It's a very dangerous place. And you've basically, you've only got yourself to protect yourself at this point because the judges aren't fucking doing it and the cops can only keep arresting people and putting them in jail as many times as they can. They have no control over what happens after that. Like, and even then, they don't want to work anymore. Why would they? People are always yelling at them and harassing them and coming at them from all angles without having any kind of indication to what actually happened or being in any of their scenarios or, or the big one, being in many of their scenarios repeatedly over a prolonged amount of time without getting any resources. Like, you'll be on a call and something traumatic will happen. So like uh, you get called to a shooting at a park. The victim is a seven-year-old girl. You wrap that scene, you are still on shift. You have to go to the next thing. People need you. Depending on the department, they're not gonna pull you off. There's no time. Like, it just... All of it makes me angry. First responders, the good first responders who are doing their jobs well and within the specifications of their duties deserve more from the general public. And I think judges at this point, these at least the ones that I have reviewed recently, deserve less. I think they should go fuck themselves. Oh, I just, and it's not all judges. I just, it's these, these few, and I just don't understand. Clearly these people didn't want to make changes in their lives 
You giving them that second, that third chance only puts more people in danger. What's going to be different? Like, it's just, it's fucking crazy. So, that's our spree killer, thrill killer episode today. Uh, I've got some stuff coming up for y'all. Let's take a gander. Uh, it's Wednesday, so don't forget to tune in for a What the Fuck Friday and to like, follow, and subscribe. Um, if there's any new updates on the Idaho 4 slangs, they will be in the What the Fuck Fridays. Um, we'll see how that unfolds. If you guys have any, have any suggestions, please hit up the Instagram. I'm happy to speak at you guys about anything you want to speak about. If you want to be a guest star on this and talk together, I figured out how to do that virtually. So go ahead and DM me on the Instagram if you want to be featured on an episode. Uh, but we've got some, we've got Rosemary West coming up. I've got an episode on the cactus cat, which should be really interesting. Um, and then we've got the Trailside Killer. I think he's out of California. So lots of stuff coming up. Um, but until Friday, I, yeah, I won't talk to you guys until Friday, so. Okay, goodbye!